Today is the greatest day. Today is the greatest day of the year, celebrating the greatest event in human history. The greatest event, the event that changed the rest of the world. 2,000 years later, we still see the ways that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection shapes even our whole society. Today we celebrate because of the good news that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. And we celebrate that today. Now this is a big claim that today is the greatest day. This is a big claim that today is the greatest day, remembering the greatest day in human history. But here's why I say that. 2,000 years ago, God took on flesh. And he lived among us. Healing and teaching. And all of this was focused, was heading toward a cross and ultimately his resurrection. Jesus did all of this. And before he went, before he suffered, before he died, before he rose again, he told his disciples, this is what's going to happen. The Son of Man must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and die. But on the third day he will rise again. He told them that this was going to happen. And on the cross, the cross is not bitter defeat. It is the ultimate sacrifice. God's redemption of all of creation begins in Jesus. Jesus accomplished so many things on the cross. He showed us what God's love looks like. He showed us what it looks like for a person to love their friend so much that they would lay down their life for them. Jesus took on sin. Paul talks about it in his letter to the Corinthians. He said, him, God took him who had no sin, And made him sin for us so that we who were sinful might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, Jesus made a way for all of us to be right with God again. Not only that, but Jesus was victorious on the cross. The cross was not defeat, but victory. Victory over death. Victory over sin. Victory over Satan. On the cross, God has been victorious. And on the cross, God has been exalted to king. So many amazing things happen on the cross. Jesus is king. Jesus is savior. Jesus is victor. All of this happening on the cross. But you know what? I say this not just because Jesus died on the cross. Thousands of people died on the cross in the Roman Empire. I say this because Jesus died on the cross, but then, like no one else in history, he rose again after three days. Jesus is risen. risen. Indeed. God is risen. He sits at God's right hand. This is the important part for us. Now, this is amazing news that Jesus is risen, that he is not dead, but he is risen. This is the good news that we talk about. This is the good news that we tell our friends about. This is the good news that shapes the way that we live. But I have to say, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to believe. I mean, we live in a time, in a modern time, where where if you can't dissect it and measure it, you can't prove that it's real. And people say, like, I need more evidence. People say, I need more proof. It's the time that we live in. I might fall. Sometimes I catch myself thinking, you know, Lord, is this, or is this really all true? Which is sort of a mind-bender when you think about that, asking God if, God, if you're real. <laughs> 
Asking, Lord, is this all true? Did you really die? Did you really rise again? Have you really saved me? Have you really saved us? Are you really king and Lord over all of creation? Sometimes I catch myself asking this question. And I wonder if some of you maybe sometimes ask that question or wrestle with that question. Maybe some of you who are here this morning have that question right now. Is Jesus really king? Is Jesus really risen? Is it true that the tomb could not hold him? Is it true that death could not keep him? Well, I want to encourage you this morning. If you have questions like that, if you wrestle with that question, that you are in good company, that you're not alone. This morning we're going to be listening to the story of Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples. But let me tell you about everything that happened before that. So Jesus, Jesus had been uh, abused, he had been tortured and handed over to be crucified. And they hung him on a cross. They nailed him to the cross and he died. He died there accomplishing everything that God had desired for him to do. In that moment, God's glory was made manifest. And when he had died, they took him down from the cross and they laid him into a tomb. And early on the first day of the week, on Sunday morning, one of his disciples, Mary, she went to the tomb. And she saw that the tomb, that the, the stone was rolled away. She saw two angels there, one at the head and one at the foot. And his linens were there and she was looking for Jesus. And she turned around she saw someone who she thought was the gardener. It turns out it was Jesus. She says, sir, tell me where they have laid him and I will go get him. Because she thought that they had taken him. And Jesus just said to her, Mary, in that way that only Jesus spoke to her. And she said, Rabbi, teacher, Lord. And he said, go and tell the disciples. And so she went, she ran and she told all the disciples. And Peter and John, they came running to the tomb. And when they came to the tomb, they stooped over to look inside. And John saw the linens lying there and he believed immediately. And they went back and they told the other disciples. And they were gathered there that first Sunday after Jesus had, rise, had raised from the dead. And they were gathered together behind a locked door because they were afraid for their lives because Jesus, their leader, had just been killed. And Jesus, the door was locked and Jesus appeared among them, right in the middle of them. And he said, peace be to you. And they saw the marks on his hands where the nails were, the, the, the wound in his side where he was pierced. But Thomas didn't see this. He was away. And that's where we pick up scripture. If you would, open your Bibles to John chapter 20, verse 24 to 31. It's also the sheet in your bulletins if, you, if that's easier for you. So listen to this. Listen to Thomas' story. Now Thomas, called Didymus, Didymus is Greek for the twin, his nickname was the twin. Thomas, called the twin, was one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. 
Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is an amazing story for me for a few reasons. But one of them is because Thomas, he's a skeptic. He's a skeptic. And yet, as we watch him interact with Jesus, the risen Lord, he goes from becoming skeptic to making one of the most profound statements about Jesus and who he is in all of Scripture. But I have to say, just to say this from the beginning, I am surprised at Thomas. I'm surprised that he doesn't believe. And let me tell you why. First of all, he's been living with Jesus, not just visiting him once in a while, but living life with him for the last three years. Not only that, but he had ten of his close friends, guys that he'd been living with for the last three years, ten of them, saying, we have seen the Lord. And he doesn't trust them. I think if I had one friend, or maybe two or maybe three or four or five, I had five friends tell me they had seen the Lord, that would be pretty compelling for me. But he has ten friends saying, we have seen the Lord. Guys that he's lived with, guys that he trusted. But not only that, imagine what Thomas has seen. Thomas has seen Jesus walk on water. Thomas has seen Jesus heal the sick. Thomas has seen Jesus take water and turn it into gallons and gallons of wine for a wedding. Jesus has, or Thomas has seen Jesus raise Thomas from the dead. Thomas has seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And he has heard Jesus say that the Son of Man must suffer many things and go to Jerusalem and die, but on the third day he will rise again. I have to say, Thomas, what's it going to take? Thomas, when's enough, enough? How much more do you need to see? But here's one of the things that I love about this story of Thomas. Even though he says, I will not believe. In the Greek, it's pretty adamant. It's like, no way am I believing until I take my finger and put it in the hole and take my hand and put it into a side. No way am I believing. And yet he's still here with the disciples. He's still gathering with them on Sunday when they got together. Now that in itself is an act of faith. It's its own kind of faithfulness. That even though he had questions, even though he was actually adamant that I will not believe until I see for myself, he's still gathering with the Christians, with with his fellow disciples, those who were following Jesus. He's still gathered with them. And I say this because I want to encourage those of you who have questions... Maybe some of you who have some real questions about Jesus. You know, is he really the Son of God? Is he really this Savior? Is he really the, the Savior or the Messiah? Can I really put my faith in him? Can I trust him? If you have those real questions, I encourage you to listen to Thomas or to watch Thomas and to keep gathering. Keep gathering, maybe here on Sundays or maybe in groups with other Christians throughout the week. Keep gathering. Because in, in Thomas's story, God honored that. Thomas, he's pretty, uh, pretty prideful. 
To say, no way am I believing until I see the holes in his hands. And yet God honors that. And Jesus shows up. He says, here, touch the hole. Here, put your hand in my side. God honored his even strange faithfulness. So I say this to those of you who have questions, real questions, to keep gathering, whether it's Sunday mornings or in groups throughout the week, keep gathering. The other thing that I wanted to mention is to those of us who have been following Jesus, who have committed our lives to following him, watch, did you hear how the disciples still welcome Thomas in? I mean, the fact that they're still gathering with Thomas, they didn't say, well, Thomas, if you're not going to think like us, then I'm sorry, you're out of here. No, they kept welcoming him. They had a place for him. I want to encourage those of us who Jesus has changed our lives to keep welcoming those in our midst who who have questions, real questions about Jesus. Keep welcoming. Some people, God does an amazing thing in their lives and they believe and then they just show up and they want to belong. But I find oftentimes that people, something happens when they belong for a while, the belief comes. Faith in Jesus comes after a while of being a part of this Christian family. So those of us who have committed our lives to following Jesus, I want us to keep welcoming. Welcoming people with real questions, to honor them, to respect the questions they have, to listen, to do our best to explain how we've answered those questions, but to keep welcoming them. But I love how ultimately Jesus shows up and he talks with Thomas. Ultimately, Thomas believes now, a thing that I, I don't know if you caught this when we read it, but the first thing, or one thing that stands out to me is that when Jesus showed up, he says, peace to all of you, to all of his disciples. And then he jumps right in with Thomas. And he says, see, take your finger and put it here in the hole in my nail. Or put it in the, the hole in my hand where the nail was. Take your hand and put it in my side. You see, Thomas said that after Jesus was gone. Jesus just knew this. Thomas didn't tell him. None of the disciples, we don't hear anything in the scriptures about the disciples went and talked with Jesus and said, you know, can you talk with with Thomas? Here's all the stuff that he said. I don't know if you heard it or not, but maybe you could come. Like he knew what Thomas was thinking. He knew this challenge that he had given to to the other disciples. And I think this is important for us because sometimes we think, you know, if I don't believe in God, like he's, we think because I don't believe in him that he's not there. Thomas is saying adamantly, no way am I believing until I see the holes in his hands and I put my finger in it and his hand, I put my hand in his side. And we think that he doesn't hear that. We think that God is not active in our lives just because we don't believe in him. And I see in Thomas's, in Thomas's story that actually God is there. God knew what he was thinking. God knew what he said. He knew the issues and the questions that he had. And the first thing he says to him is, here, put your finger in the hole. Touch your hand to my side. I can't remember where I heard this, but um, people, as they've studied children, they think that like really, really young infants, that, that their, kind of their consciousness, their understanding of things is just what they see. So when they see, like when our kids were young, when they'd see Tracy, when they were looking at her, she existed. And when they turn away from her, as soon as she went out of their view, field of view, she didn't exist anymore. Like doctors have done this work. And I, sometimes I think we approach God like that. But just because we don't think we see him, we think, oh, then he must not exist. 
And I'm hearing in Thomas' story that God is involved in our lives long before we recognize him. That the Holy Spirit was at work in Thomas. That God, that Jesus knew the questions that he had. He knew the issues that he was raising. And he was involved. He cared about him. He was there. He was present. Even though, even though Thomas was adamant, no way am I believing until I put my hand or put my finger in the holes or my hand in the side. Jesus knew. And he was there. And he was involved in his life. But then I love what Jesus says to him. Jesus says, take your finger, put your finger in the hole in my hand. Put your hand on my side. Stop unbelieving and believe. (laughs) How's that for direct, right? Stop unbelieving and believe. And what does Thomas say? He blurts out, my Lord and my God. Now that is a big deal. You see, Thomas is Jewish. And in Judaism, God is one. And they are very careful with that. They don't even like to say the name God because they're afraid of of what it might mean or what it might do. And for him to call anyone especially someone who he saw standing there in front of him, God, that's a big deal. But Thomas calls Jesus God. God the Son. Not only that, he calls him Lord. My Lord and my God. And Lord is important for us. Because Lord is like a way of saying, you are the Lord of my life. The Lord, the one who guides my life for the rest of my life. Thomas makes this amazing claim. He goes from skeptic to this most profound claim, this most profound statement that Jesus is Lord and God. Jesus replies to him and he says, Thomas, because you have seen, you believe this. Good, it's okay. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And this is important for us. I say this to encourage those of us who are here. I mean, in my conversation, I don't know if any one of you have seen Jesus in this way, but but blessed are you. Blessings on you who have believed even though you haven't seen. Maybe you haven't put your finger in his, I don't know if any of you have, finger in his hand or your your, uh, hand in his side. And yet you are here because you believe. Jesus proclaims a blessing over you. Blessed are you who, who believe even though you have not seen. So Thomas, we watch this story of Thomas. This amazing day, Jesus rose from the dead and then a week later he comes and he visits Thomas. Thomas who had real questions. Thomas who was a skeptic. Who had real questions and yet Jesus shows up in his life. And Thomas believes and he says, my Lord and my God. Now, there are lots of things that that we can talk about and and ways we can talk about how this applies to our life, but I think some of the most profound, one of the most powerful things are when we hear it from each other. I want to leave you with just this last thing, and it's, it's what John wrote at the end of this chapter. He says, you know, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which were not recorded in this book. 
He said, but these things, so the whole of John's gospel, these things were written so that you would believe that Jesus is the Savior, that he is the Son of God. And that by believing into him, by believing into him, that you would have life, life in its fullest sense, life in its truest sense, that you would have this life in his name. Amen.